In the name of Jesus, amen. In our gospel lesson for this morning, Jesus tests his disciples. It says it right there in the text. Now, a couple weeks ago, we heard that God tempts no one. But God does test faith. And the whole idea behind this is it gives us an opportunity to confess the truth, to confess the faith, to confess Jesus Christ crucified and risen to take away the sins of the world. In our times of testing, we are allowed the opportunity to confess this faith no matter what the difficulty might be. And that's what happens in our gospel lesson for today. A large crowd of people has followed Jesus into the wilderness. And as mealtime comes around, Jesus tests his disciples by asking, Where are we going to buy bread so that all of these people might eat? How will we provide a meal for them? It's a testing question. But really, the answer should be obvious, at least to any disciple who has read their Bible and studied the Old Testament. It ought to be really clear to us who've heard the whole gospel lesson read by the vicar. Where are they going to get bread? The answer is from Jesus, from God the one who provides all that we need to support this body and this life. I mean, think about it. They're out in the wilderness, the very place where God had provided bread to the children of Israel for 40 years as they traveled through the wilderness of sin. God made bread rain from the heavens. All they had to do was pick it up every morning. They're out in the wilderness where God had provided bread to Elijah in two different ways. First, by ravens bringing it to him that he might take it and eat. And then later, even more miraculously, as he stayed with a widow, a jar of flour and a jar of oil never were emptied, even though they made bread each and every day. God says in Isaiah 55 that he will provide bread to the eater. God even provided bread to the children of Israel down in Egypt. How? Years before he sent Joseph down there, despised by his brothers, sold as a slave, allowed him to work his way up to the second-hand man in all of Egypt, and through that, during the years of plenty, the grain bins were filled so that in the years of famine, there might be bread. And God said to Moses in Exodus 23, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water and will take your sickness away from among you. 
So you see, the answer should be pretty obvious, pretty clear, pretty easy to understand. Where are you going to get bread from? From God. God provides bread again and again in the scriptures. God provides bread to each and every person. God sustains his people. God provides for them. God gives them what they need, even in the difficult times, even when the trials seem difficult. Jesus asked the disciples, where are we going to get the bread? And their confession, their response, is a little weak. Philip says, a year's salary couldn't buy enough bread to feed all these people. We don't have enough money. Andrew says, well, there's a little boy here who's got some bread and some fish, but that really won't work to feed all these people. In their eyes, it seems like a hopeless situation. Their words confess something about their faith. Number one, they haven't spent enough time in the scriptures to believe where bread comes from, to understand how God provides for his people. Number two, they don't quite understand who Jesus is. They don't understand that he's God in the flesh. They don't believe that he's the very same God who provided the manna from heaven, who kept the widow's jar full, who sent Joseph down to Egypt and told him what to do. Their faith and their confession is a little weak. Jesus tests the disciples. And the truth is, even then, they don't understand who Jesus is. So Jesus takes the time to show them. Another one of his signs from the book of John, seven signs in fact, all of which tell us he's the God of the Old Testament in human flesh. God in Jesus will show the reality of who he is. Christ fulfills Psalm 23 here. He has everyone sit down on the green grass beside the still waters just as a good shepherd should. Jesus takes the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples so that they could distribute it amongst the crowd. And as they reached in the basket and pulled out bread and handed it to each person, it kept on reproducing, if you will. There was more and more of it in the basket. Enough to miraculously feed everyone present. God was bringing bread from heaven through the disciples to give to these people that they might eat. And the same with the fish. What's more, 
It's not just enough for everybody to get just a crumb or a tiny little crust. Everyone eats and is satisfied. The cup of Jesus overflows, to use the words of Psalm 23 again. And when the disciples come back later to clean up the leftovers, there's more leftovers than there were to begin with. Jesus provides for his people. God again gives bread in the wilderness. The people of God eat and are satisfied. When the people see this, they begin to understand a little bit more clearly, though still not fully. Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world, a prophet just like Moses, a prophet who gives bread in the wilderness, manna from heaven, a prophet like Elijah who can keep on giving no matter what, a prophet who provides. But even that confession falls just a little short. Jesus is not merely a prophet. He's God. God in the flesh. God who provides the very best bread for us to eat. Well, that's our gospel lesson for this morning. The question is out there, though. What difference does this make for us here now? Well, we too are in a time of testing, aren't we? Not with hunger out in the wilderness, but instead with disease and pestilence here in the city, in our state, in our country, expanding and increasing each and every day. We're confined into our homes. We have uncertainty. Jobs are being lost. How will you pay the bills? Retirement plans are being wrecked and destroyed. Will you be able to retire after your IRA decreased 30% last week? Will you be able to put food on your family's table since you haven't been going to work? Since going to the grocery store might be just a little bit dangerous. If you get sick, who will care for you? Especially since we see doctors and nurses on TV wrapped in all sorts of protective equipment. How long will this self-isolation and quarantine last? Will life ever be normal again? Or is this the new normal? Is God providing? 
Does God care? Is God out there at all? It is a time of testing, isn't it? An opportunity for us to confess the truth. The truth isn't something that we hear a lot on the news right now, is it? We hear many weak confessions. In one sense, sort of like Andrew, sort of like Philip. We could give you those human answers. Everything will be fine. I could do some math and statistics work and say, your stock portfolio will bounce back better than ever. All your loved ones will be fine. They won't get sick. We could even start to negotiate ourselves. Well, I'm below the age of 40. I should be okay. It's the other folks who will die, not me. I can tell you things like, you'll get your job back. You'll go back to work. I could also tell you some of those panicky things that you also are hearing. The end is near. We're all doomed. Millions of dead lying in the street. Do we know if any of those things are true? Are any of those things good confessions? No, they're not. So what could I tell you? How about this? God is still faithful. God still cares for all of you. He will provide what is necessary to get you through this panic and crisis and disease and struggle and difficulty one way or the other. God loves you, and in Jesus Christ has purchased and won you from sin, from death, from the power of the devil, from bad confessions, from worrying, all through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He purchased you not with gold or silver or money or stock portfolios, but with his holy precious blood, innocent suffering and death, so that you may be his own, so that you may live under him in his kingdom. That's the truth. That you may live whether you live or die in this pandemic, whether you live or die in 30 years, you will always live under Jesus because you belong to him.
Our God has overcome this world. The same God who provided bread for hungry Israelites, for Elijah, for 5,000 people in the wilderness, that same God provides for you as well. He is watching. He does care. Whether you are rich or poor, strong or weak, sick or healthy, you belong to Jesus. You've been baptized into his name. All your sin has been taken away from you. A washing and cleaning and sanitizing, not of the outside, but of your soul from sin, from guilt, and from shame. Whether things are fine or whether they are not, Jesus is your God. And he will support and sustain this body and life until he takes it to support and sustain forever in his kingdom. And even should things turn for the worse, I know at this point it's hard to imagine, even if it's possible, you'd still be in his care. You shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your cup shall runneth over. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You will eat and be satisfied at what the Lord gives. Because the greatest promise is that death cannot overcome him. Your promised resurrection, just as Jesus has risen from the dead. In your time of testing, that's the reality that sustains you. Jesus will provide. So confess, dear Christians, Jesus is not merely a prophet. He's not a bread king. He's not just a nice guy. He's the one, the God, who overcame this world, who conquered sin, death, and the grave. All things are under his feet, even viruses and suffering, and he will lead you out of them like any good shepherd would do. By giving up his life and raising from the dead, for you, for your forgiveness, for your life. In our gospel lesson for this morning, Jesus tested the disciples. In our life, here and now, he tests us as well. But he's given us the answer himself. Make the good confession as a result, dear Christian. Fear not. Trust in Jesus. He provides. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.